Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. And I want to jump into the Word today and it kind of need a little bit of an introduction. Can I start with this story that was told by the guy that ordained me into the ministry? He talked about some monkeys that were real pests, but they were also protected. And in this region, they set about hunters to capture the monkeys. They weren't allowed to shoot them dead. Uh, They had to capture them alive, but they were very difficult to catch. So they created some traps. And the trap was designed that the monkey could get his hand into the trap, but he couldn't get his hand out with a clenched fist. Why did the monkeys have clenched fists? Because inside the trap, they would put an apple and the monkeys loved the apples. And so they'd reach in, grab the apple, go to pull their hand out and find that they couldn't get their hand out and they were trapped. And they wouldn't let go of the apple because they wanted the apple. And then the hunters could come up, bag them and take them away, relocate them to another area of the forest. It's interesting that often we find ourselves trapped by something we're holding on to that we need to let go of. It may be, that thing may be good for us, but what got us there is not good. And I believe today that God is talking to us as a church about letting go of the things that's got us trapped. That thing could be a mistake, a disappointment, a hurt, a resentment, an area of unforgiveness, whatever it may be today. I believe God literally wants us to let go of that thing so that we can be released and be free from what the enemy has used to trap us. And so as we just come to this giving moment completion. Can I pray for all of us that have given online? Thank you for those who've already given online. Thank you for staying committed to what God has called us to do. It's interesting. Um, We don't talk about some subjects in church as often as maybe we should. Let's talk about greed. No, let's talk about gluttony. No, I'm getting worse, aren't I? Let's talk about greed. Greed is something that's constantly trying to enter our lives. I'm so shocked at little babies as they grow up and how one of the main words they always learn first is mine. We were out at the park recently and one of my grandchildren had found a truck that wasn't his, but he liked it. And so as far as he was concerned, it was mine. And we're going to leave the park and he's got this truck that's not his And I've got to negotiate not only with him, but this screaming child on the other side of the park whose truck it was, and then the parent who was the parent of the child to get the truck back. How quickly we learn this thing called mine, even when it's not mine. And we learn the word more when we don't really need more. And so when it comes to giving, when we honour God and give back to Him our first part, the very powerful thing that we're doing, one of the powerful things that we're doing is we're dealing with the spirit of greed. When we're giving back to God what is His. I really like to talk about gluttony, but I should probably do it somewhere else. Um, I will do it later because what's coming today is gonna need to be chewed. Turn to someone and say, you're going to need to chew this one. Uh, The subject title of my message today is, the subject title of my message today is the 490 code. And that'll make sense in a few moments time. But, you know, I'm aware that we have entered a season of post-pandemic stress. In fact, I think we're in this post-pandemic stress disorder zone. It's not over, it's just begun. We're already seeing the signs 
and the effects of it. Brothers and sisters in Christ offended by another brother or sister. And mostly these offences would slip through unnoticed if we weren't so distracted by political polarisation, medical polarisation, social isolation, and all the doctrinal differences that go with that. You and I were created for community. I don't know if you know that, but we were created for community. Unfortunately, some people have chosen to disregard or devalue their community of faith as a result of what I would call post-pandemic stress disorder or PPSD. A number of church leaders have fallen recently and it's been very public. And many of the responses to those falls have been quite disappointing to me. I'm shocked to see people say, see, I told you so, they were this, they were that. Or stone him or stone her. One said to me recently, aren't you so hurt by what Pastor XYZ did? I said, no, he didn't sin against me. Why should I be hurt by that? Oh, how can you just downplay? I'm not downplaying, he's human. And then it went on to kind of say some more stuff. I said, listen, if the Lord should mark iniquity, who would stand? You have faults, I have faults. Some sins go before us, some sins follow us, but we're all broken. I actually said to him, I said, man, I'm, I feel so sorry for that guy. The labour and everything, the pressure over the years. And I says, just pray for him. Love him. Oh, I said, cool. I've got to go for coffee. Unfortunately, too often the church, and by the church, I mean the remaining governing leaders that have are left behind, they've been more concerned with doing what pleases the world instead of doing what pleases God. And let me tell you what pleases God. Those of you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a, spiritual, in a spirit of humility and be careful that you don't fall by the same sin in the process. Brothers and sisters in Christ backbiting and tacking each other just over a difference of opinion. Can I suggest to you a definition of an opinion? An opinion is skin deep values that hold together a belly full of malarkey. Someone else said it a bit differently, but it's not appropriate for this environment. All of that just to say, I'm aware of the world that we live in. I'm aware that I'm speaking online and in person to church people, people that have been around church a long time, a short time, and people are watching today going, what on earth is this guy flapping his gums about? And that's okay. But today I wanna to go to the Scriptures and just speak what Jesus spoke during seasons like this. And I wanna to talk to you about the unforgiving church. We're gonna to go to a portion of Scripture in Matthew chapter 18. It's gonna start at verse 21. And as we do that, I wanna remind you that in the Old Testament times, not necessarily a biblical model, but in Old Testament times, when someone committed murder, they would tie the body of the victim to the convicted murder and everywhere they went, their sin and guilt would follow them. Not only would it slow them down, exhaust them quickly, but day by day, disease would develop on the corpse and eventually transfer to the convict and then eventually kill them. This is true. More often than not, because I'm gonna be talking on the subject of forgiveness today. More often than not, when we don't forgive someone, we begin to assassinate them in our conversations. We tie them to ourselves and drag them around wherever we go. Before we know it, 
They are in our thoughts even when we're not thinking about them. They're somehow tied to our soul. And if we don't cut them loose, disease then infects our soul. I wanna talk to you today on this really important subject of forgiveness and not so much how we're gonna hear about it next weekend about God's great forgiveness towards us, but the other side of the coin where God says, because I have forgiven you. You remember the prayer of Jesus, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Matthew Henry commentates on this portion of Scripture and he says, the parable represents the Kingdom of Heaven, that is the Church, and the administration of the Gospel dispensation in it. The Church is God's family. It is His court, there He dwells, there He rules. God is our Master. His servants we are, at least in profession and obligation. In general, the parable intimates how much provocation God has from His own family on earth and how untoward His servants are. So right up front, when I look at this portion of Scripture and I study it beyond the surface, I realise that even though my Bible says this is about the unforgiving debtor, the message is about the unforgiving church. The church has been forgiven so much, but finds it so hard to forgive. And how untoward God's servants are, how much trouble we give God. And the reality is we all do it. So if I'm pointing any fingers in any direction today, they're all in this direction. Are you okay? You know, they say when you point, you've got to be really careful because there's three fingers pointing straight back at you. And so I want to read this portion of Scripture and look at some things today that I really believe will help you. I believe some of you are going to get your hand out of that cage today. I believe some of you are going to cut off that body that is part of your guilt and part of your past, but the thing that you've been dragging around with you that you need to let go of so that you can go and be free. I wanna tell you today that the truth does not set you free, the truth makes you free. And the thing is, we need to understand that we have gotta be made free, not just be set free. Matthew 18, 21, Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? And you know, Peter thought he was doing a really great job because at this point in history, the Jewish tradition was three times. And so in Peter's mind, he's gone, I've doubled it and add one. Like and seven is God's number, so that's perfection. Surely seven times. Peter knew he was obligated to forgive. And he really thought he was gonna get thumbs up from Jesus with his answer. And Jesus said, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. The 490 code, if you times 70 times seven, I'm pretty sure you get 490. And I'm pretty sure that when Peter heard that, he went 490 times, my goodness me. But the phrase 70 times seven is first encountered in Scripture in Genesis chapter four. It's a certain number used to single, it's a certain number used to signal an uncertain, nearly indescribable number. According to R.C. Sproul, when Peter asked Jesus how many times he should forgive, Jesus essentially told him as many times as it takes. The point is, not to get fixed on a specific number, a checklist or a scorecard as Peter was doing. Can I talk to you today about the 490 code? Reading on, 
Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with his servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children and everything he owned to pay the debt. In this story, we see a king, a kingdom and some citizens. It's actually Jesus, His church and the members. But the men, but the men fell down before His master and begged Him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. Don't you find this story amazing? Jesus used it to teach Peter what he had just said. And by the way, you might wanna turn to a friend today and say, hey, you're gonna have to chew this message. Go on, go ahead and do that. We've got to understand that this man was insolvent. He owed so much. He had no asset base to cover his debt. He was insolvent. He was an insolvent sinner. He begged for more time to pay his debt. And the King didn't grant him time. Instead, the King granted him clemency, a clean slate. It's the 490 Code. Reading on, but when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat. Don't you wanna grab some people by the throat sometimes? Come on, let's be honest, you're in church. If you lie, there are lightning bolts that could come from heaven and strike you. So just be careful. If you're online, it'll hit the roof of your house and you'll be obliterate. No, I'm joking. When the man left the king, he went and fellow to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. It's interesting, hey? Because we all have debts. Some, just a few thousand. Others, millions. And in this parable, Jesus used this parable to teach about sin and forgiveness. We've got to come to the place where we realise when it comes to sin, whether your sins are a few thousand or millions, like, I don't know, put an example next to you. Maybe it's the person to the left of you. Regardless of where your debt level is at, when it comes to sin, you're an insolvent sinner without ability to pay the debt. Verse 29, his fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. How could someone forgiven so much not forgive so little? When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called him and the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. And then just in case we didn't understand the story, Jesus finishes with this. Are you ready? 
it's okay today if I if I read something that that's kind of like ouch, you can just shout out ouch. In fact, online you should just put in the comments ouch. This is what Jesus said. That's why my that's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Somebody say ouch, please help me. The word forgive is really interesting. I don't think I've ever done this before because I thought that's obvious what it means. The word forgive. I went and studied what this word forgive actually means. Are you ready? Are you ready? It's deep. It means to send away, to let go, to yield up, to let be, disregard, to not discuss. Oh my goodness. I was studying it and it got me out of my seat. I went, what, not discuss? Oh, are she serious? Forgive means not to discuss, but I wanna tell them. I wanna tell everyone. I wanna tell them on Facebook and Instagram. I wanna tell them on Twitter. Gosh me, I wanna put a post on my LinkedIn account. I wanna put it on email. I wanna put it on WhatsApp. I wanna talk about it. None of you would do that. Just me. It means to send away, to let go, to yield up, let be, disregard, not discuss. The 490 code is a compliance code actually. If you don't comply, you don't qualify for eternal life. Somebody say, ouch, please help me because it's ouching me while I'm speaking it. The 490 code is a conduct code. It's what Jesus will use to judge us. The 490 code is a righteous code. If you reject the code, God will reject you. Come on people, chew your food. I'm so thankful that the Bible says God's mercy is new every morning, not reviewed in light of your track record. It's new every morning, it's not reviewed in light of your track record and God expects us to do the same for others. Peter says seven times Jesus and Jesus says no, 70 times seven, as much as it takes, as often as it takes. You know what, if the Gospel does not make you kind, what you have is religion. I've searched the Bible for 34 years and I've only found one reliable, faithful and trustworthy person. You might know His name, you could shout it out at me. I've searched the Bible, where is this faithful, trustworthy, reliable person? There's only one in all of Scripture. You know what that tells me? Patriarchs, prophets, leaders, kings, priests and preachers, they all failed and they will always fail. If you fall when they fail, you're not following Jesus. Pastor, aren't you disappointed by so-and-so? No, I never had that expectation in them because they are human. All sin is sin, I'm not making light of that. All sin kills, I know that. But only Jesus can save us from our sins. It's our job to forgive and it's God's job to judge. This servant had been set free from millions of dollars of personal debt, but was still bound by a thousand dollar creditor. How crazy is that? It's like being forgiven of murder, but holding a grudge against a rude waiter. Oh, wow. oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh. 
It's like being forgiven a murder, then holding a grudge against a rude waiter. You'd never find one of those in Australia anyway. I want to come into land and remind you this morning. I want to remind you this morning that the truth does not set you free. The Bible does not say that the truth sets you free. The Bible says the truth makes you free. It's a process, not one event. In this case, receive forgiveness and extend forgiveness. Just in case you thought I was telling you a fib, I think the Scripture will come on the screen behind me. John 8 verse 36, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. The word make is to set at liberty from the dominion of sin. The debtor was set free from his own debt, but he remained bound by unforgiveness, which is a product of self-righteousness. He had his hand in the cage, wrapped around the apple, of resentment, wrapped around the apple of revenge and he needed to let it go. I don't know who you need to forgive today, but I do know this. There are many of us here this morning that simply need to let someone go. I really didn't want to have my first time back with you from a little break, a little COVID retreat. I didn't want the first message back to be something so close to the heart, but obviously God did. Can I remind you that the Scripture says that God will not forgive us if we do not forgive our brothers and sisters from our hearts. I keep seeing the picture of that convicted murderer dragging the body of his victim around with him until he eventually dies. Because when we get to a place where someone offends us to the point where they're in our thoughts and in our conversations, we're literally dragging that person with us wherever we go. If you did that in the natural, if I could just tie 75 kilos to you just as a weight for you to drag around, I'm guaranteed it wouldn't take more than an hour before you got to the place and said, I'm not going any further. And so someone cuts these things off for me because it's making life too difficult. Listen, today God wants to slice those attachments to your soul that have caused you to drag these things around forever. And some of them, they're real issues. It's a parent that abused us. It's a it's a partner that betrayed us. It's a relationship that went sour and they did the wrong thing. And I'm not saying they were right and you were wrong, but what's best for you to move forward is forgiveness for your future, for your now, so that you can move to operate in the 490 code that says, I'll do whatever it takes to remain free. I'm not just set free, I'm gonna be made free. I can walk around liberated and free. To get to a place where you can wake up in the morning and say, God, I forgive everyone who's ever done anything against me. I forgive them now. I forgive that person that's gonna offend me in the day ahead, the week ahead, the month. I forgive them now because I realise that we are all broken humanity, humanity and you are putting us back together. That we are a fallen people being restored by You. I don't know who it is you need to forgive, but here clearly the Bible says it's probably a brother or a sister. It could be a partner, a friend, a colleague, could be an ex. Can I say, send them away, let it go, yield it up. 
I'm wondering if this morning to conclude, I could pray with a few of you. And uh, it might be difficult to say, lift your hand and walk to the front, so I'm not gonna do that. Smile for the kangaroo, let's see all the sinners. Come on, please lighten up a little, will you? I can only see mostly masks, so I don't know really how you're responding, but I'm just trying a little bit of honey for this medicine to go down. Would that, could that be okay? Here's it. I want to pray with all of you, really. Pray with those that need to say, I forgive everyone everything they've ever done to me. I let it go. I'll not talk about it ever and again. I won't talk about it ever again. I want to pray with people that need to say, I need to forgive that one of that thing and give up that hurt, that pain, that disappointment. I want to pray with the one that says, God, I need you to forgive me because I've been holding on to this thing. Set me free from the corpse of bitterness and resentment. Help me get my hand out the cage. I want to pray with the one that you need a forgettery for your memory. Listen, some of us just have too good a memory and not a good enough forgettery. The reason your computer has a recycle bin is because it's necessary. Your operating system can only handle so much and then it needs to be deleted. You need a forgettery for your memory. You need to clear some space on your heart drive so that it can operate at its maximum potential. Can I pray with you? For those of you online, I really believe God is gonna use the moment to bring healing, restoration, recovery, a brand new start. Can I remind you that His mercies are new every morning, not reviewed in light of your track record. Can I remind you that all sin is sin? Humans grade it. Religious leaders grade it. But God forgives it. So I want to pray with you today, both in the room here and online. All I'm going to ask you to do is agree with me from your heart. Hey, if you want to get bold and courageous and pray out loud, go ahead and do that. But right now, what's most important is like Jesus said, if you will not, if you forgive from your heart, release them, let it go. You'll know that you've let it go because you'll stop talking about that thing. You won't stop thinking about it unless you stop talking about it. So let it go, yield it up. Let God do what only He can do. It's your job to forgive. It's God's job to judge. Just before, because you forgive doesn't mean that God won't judge. He will, He'll do His part. But before He can do His part, He requires that you do your part. So Father, right now, I wanna thank You for the forgiveness first and foremost, God, that I have received from You.
God, we come this morning and we are so aware that to whom much has been given, much is required. And God, we realise today that much forgiveness has been given to us. And God, today we ask that You forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. God, we come to this place of understanding the 490 Code that God, You said we should do whatever it takes to be in a place of complete freedom. He who the Son makes free is free indeed. And so God, as we offer it back to the one, as we offer it back to the many, God, we thank You that You are making us free. God, I pray that You would go to work and heal hearts, restore our soul, lead us beside the still waters, that brings nourishment from You. God, give us a forgettery where we need a forgettery. God, give us a recycle bin in our souls so that we can dump the thing, delete the files and move on. In Jesus' mighty Name. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.